0: In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we have been in a series um, for a number of weeks, and we're going to continue in that today, called Accepted. Let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. Let's go back to verse 4. It says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Do you know God has known who you are for a long time? Do you know God didn't just start knowing you when you were born? From the foundation of the world, God knew each person. You said, how does he know? Well, he's God. He knows everything. And he knows everything about all times. Let's listen to somebody just recently said, God inhabits eternity. He doesn't just know about eternity and know what's going to happen. He's there because there's no time. Think about it. There's no time in heaven. God is everywhere all at once. So he already knew you. He, he saw us here right now because he's here. There's no time. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he knew you. That means anything that you're facing right now, he already knows it. And guess what? He didn't, he didn't just find out about it this morning or yesterday or when you found out about it. He's already known. And He already has a way through, a way over, a way out. He already has everything that we need taken care of. The Bible says there is no temptation, such that it, but that is such as common to man. And with every temptation, God will make a way of escape. Amen. He knows you, and He knows what's going on, and He has a way through. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be without, or we we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame. That we would be holy and without blame. That doesn't mean you're perfect, blameless. Like Paul said in one place, I'm blameless. That doesn't mean he's perfect. That means you couldn't blame him. He's done what he knows to do. If he needed to take care of something, he took care of it, but blameless, holy and blameless. You know, that's why Jesus died is so that we could be holy and without blame. In other words, you could walk in life and have your head up high and feel good about yourself because of what Jesus did, who you are through Christ, and that you can enjoy life. Amen. We've spent some time uh, teaching on this. We can't go back and and teach on everything that we've taught. Now we're building, we've covered certain aspects and we're building on where we've come from. So uh, we're going to keep going forward this morning, but we've covered some different aspects of being accepted in the beloved. That doesn't mean everything that you do. Some people say, well, I'm in Jesus, therefore I can do anything. And God just loves me. He loves you, but just accepts everything I do. No, that's a different thing. You're accepted. That means you're loved. You're in the family. You are uh, holy and righteous because of what Jesus did. That doesn't mean anything you dream up is right. And God just says, oh, that's okay. I mean, think about it. You, you who are parents or think about how your parents reacted to you. They loved you. They accepted you. But does that mean you just do whatever and that's okay and they'll accept that? Is that the way it was in your house? It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you you could do no wrong. You can do whatever you'd want to do. You can stay out past curfew, you could break the law and that's just okay with your mom and dad. Is that the way you grew up? I hope not. That's not God either. He loves us, he accepts us, but that doesn't mean we just get to do anything we want to do. No, we ought to have a heart for him, and we do what we know to do, and if we do that, you do what you know to do, and you, if you miss it, you're, you're not trying to blame it on somebody else. You say, God, I missed it. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That You see, we're separating ourselves from something. If we do something wrong and we call it wrong, we're separating ourselves from it. We're not saying, oh, it's okay, that's just me. We're saying, no, that wasn't right. I'm separating myself from that. Lord, that was wrong. Well, we're blameless. What else can you do but do your best that you know to do? That's all anybody can do, is do what you know to do. If you mess it, you take care of it, and you keep walking on with Him. What if you miss it? Well, join the club. You're, you're like every other person. Does that mean you should plan on missing it all the time? No. Well, I just, I just can't help it? No. We ought to look at God and say, Lord, help me. Show me. Help me to come up. But if you're doing that and you have a heart for Him, then we can stand up and, and, and uh, be confident and walk with Him, knowing that, that He has accepted us through what Jesus did. We spent a lot of time last week on that. Now let's look at, um, I'm going to jump down to John 3.16, and then we'll come back up to Romans. But John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a familiar verse. A lot of people. Look at the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus in the world so that everybody could be condemned, could be beat up, could be uh, told that they're not doing everything right. He He sent his son into the world. It says, but that the world through him might be saved. This is important. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn everybody. He sent His Son into the world so that we could be saved, so that we could come into the family of God, so that we could be right with Him. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But according to the Spirit. So verse 1 says, There is now, or there is therefore now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In the Amplified Classic, verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk, not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. It says there is no condemnation. Now, it says a couple times there, if we go back to verse 4 in the New King James, it says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. It says that a couple times. Not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But it says there is now no, there's no condemnation. What's condemnation? I'm going to read you, you know, what that word means. There's different forms of the word condemnation and condemn throughout the, uh, the New Testament. That right there, it means the sentence pronounced, the condemnation, with a suggestion of the punishment following. So it's a sentence pronounced, condemned, means you're guilty, And it says here, there's none of that for those that are in Christ Jesus. And it says, for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is, in other words, there is no condemnation for the Christian. But that doesn't mean we just do whatever we want, we'll get into that. But if we're walking, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, there is no condemnation for us. If we'll walk after God with our heart, see, your heart is your spirit and follow Him, hook up with Him, there is no condemnation for the child of God. And we have to understand we're free from condemnation. Condemnation is a tool of Satan to cripple your walk with God on the earth and make you ineffective. Feeling condemned, feeling beat up, feeling no good is a tool of the enemy to get you to stop to get you so that you don't take your rights and privileges of God in God. Why? Because you don't feel worthy. Because you don't feel accepted, which is what we've been talking about. We are accepted. We are righteous in Him. By faith, we are children of God. Not because of your background, not because who your family was, not because how much money you have, but because of what Jesus did, we're accepted. Well, we need to stand up tall in that knowledge that we are righteous and not feel condemned, guilty. See, you can be righteous, you can be doing right, but you can still feel condemned. And it's not God condemning you. You can feel like you're no good, and maybe you don't put it in that, term, maybe you felt, well, I wouldn't say I'm no good, but you know, I'm just not this. I'm not that. Constant disqualification. Constant not measuring up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, maybe you don't feel like I'm on the trash heap, but I, I should be better. Well, have you ever met anybody that shouldn't be better? Is there anybody walking on the face of the earth that couldn't be further than they are? The answer is no. Everybody has room for improvement. I don't care who they are. We all could be better. You all could do. Everybody could do more than what they're doing. As we go through life, we ought to grow. But think about it like this. Is there anything in your life, you don't have to raise your hand, don't have to say it out loud, but that you've done, that you're doing now better than you did a year ago, better than you did five years ago, better, better than you did 10 years ago? If there's something you could think of, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better in that area. Well, think about it. Right now, do you still, if, you're, if you have some of this mentality, we could feel like, I'm, but I'm still not there. But if you were to, it, 10 years ago, if you were to look at where you are now, you think, well, I mean, I'll, that's a lot better than where I am. But if you go back 10 years, you weren't feeling like you measured up. If, you're, if, we, if we're listening to this, if we're listening to condemnation, not there. But now that you're further, still not there. Still feeling, just going around like, I'm not there. I should do, I know I should do better. I know I should do better. You realize we could go through our whole lives thinking that and never actually feel, I'm not saying we get, we wake up and say, I'm just, I'm perfect. I'm done. That's arrogance. We don't want to get over there. You know, I don't have any more improvement to make. Just look at your spouse if you're married and they'll tell you different. And you can get over that before you go out the door and make a fool out of yourself. No, we, we, we're not thinking we're perfect, but we can walk in life with confidence going, I, I haven't arrived, but thank God for Jesus. And I'm doing what I know to do. And if I miss it, I take care of it. If I messed up with somebody and said the wrong thing, I go and I take care of it and say, look, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Hey, would you forgive me? If I mess up with God, I go and I take care of it. But going around on constantly feeling condemnation is not God's will. It is a tool of the devil and it will keep you ineffective keep a person ineffective for life. And always, always kind of out in the, the distance. Well, if I can get there, I, I would feel good about myself. But if you've ever gone through this, you get there and you, but you're not there. It moved. You know, the target moved. So now I'm here, but that's not good enough. I should be And you just go, and it just keeps going out in front of you your whole life to where the whole time you're feeling like you just don't measure up, like just condemnation. That's not God's will for us. We can actually get to the point where we can feel good about where we are, not because we've arrived, but because Jesus accepts us, or God accepts us through Jesus. We are the righteousness of God, in Christ Jesus we are doing what we know to do walking in the light that we have which is all anybody can do and have boldness that I'm going to be further just just it. if you're gonna walk with God and you're gonna do it sincerely you're going to be further in the future than you are now you chalk it. I'm gonna be further but today I'm gonna to enjoy today I'm gonna to enjoy you know the progress I made don't look at all where I'm going sometimes go man Look at how far I've come. You don't have to get into pride. You just say, it's okay to say it's a good, you did a good job. See, that's foreign to some Christians. Oh, that's pride. That's not pride. Do you do that to your children? I mean, how do you motivate somebody to do something? Always saying, oh, you're just not there yet. You're just not there yet. You messed up there. Anybody would quit. You feel like, I'm never going to get anywhere. Doesn't matter how far I get, I'm not there. Do you know a lot of Christians? Getting ahead of ourselves, but we, that's okay. We'll catch up. We're not a Christian's Just spend so much time just beating themselves up the whole time. And they don't feel like it is right to compliment themselves inside saying, you know what? That was a good job. You've come further in that. Good job. Good job on that. Hey, you used to do this. You're here. That's not pride. It can be pride. It doesn't have to be pride. It's okay to compliment and to encourage yourself in God. Not everything that, yes, thank God for what He's done, but if you have cooperated with Him, it's okay to have a positive at, look at your, yourself and go, hey, that you're doing better than you did before. Good job on that this week. What's the opposite? Feeling beat up all the time, that you're never merit measuring up. Do you know how many Christians have that mentality? You just know, you know the word. Know, know what the Bible says, but you know what the Bible says in certain areas, but you're not doing it perfectly, and you should be further, and you're not, your faith isn't where it should be. Do you know what that'll do to your faith? It will. You'll go backwards, focusing on that all the time. Amen. God, that's not God's will for us. You think, I mean, God, loving. We say, oh, God, you're so loving, but it's, and I'm not there, and I'm not there. That, that's not God. That type of mentality constantly put, that, that condemnation, that's not God. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If you're walking in Him, and abiding in Him, and listening to Him, there is no condemnation. Let's, let's uh, I want to read you some definitions. Now, this is in the Webster's. I just want to, you get an idea here of what condemnation is and is not, and what we're talking about. Condemnation, this is in Webster's Dictionary, there's several meetings, but The first one is declared to be reprehensible, wrong, or evil. Condemned practices. Number two, pronounced guilty and sentenced to punishment, especially sentenced to death if somebody's condemned. Verse three, or number three, officially declared to be unfit for use. Any and all those, that mixture. Condemnation can have different the uh, meanings, but it, it comes down to you're not worthy. You're you're not fit for use. You are. You you are not what you should be. Synonyms. This will give some uh, clarity. I think synonyms for condemnation. Things that mean similar. Denunciation, rebuke, reprimand, reproach, reproof censure. What what is that? Not doing it right. Not doing it right. Not doing it right. Doing it wrong. Got to do it differently. All the time. Words related to condemnation. Chastisement. Damnation. Punishment. Scolding. Tongue lashing. Belittlement. Criticism. Depreciation. Disparagement. Getting a picture? Just a Sense of not being there. You know, people have turned their back on God because they feel, I, I, I don't know how many times I've read this, you know, in an article or something, somebody has changed and just said, you know, I, I, I've had enough with religion, because they always felt guilty. You ever heard anybody say that? All they said religion did for them is they, it made them have a sense of Guilt. Always feel like they they have a stain on them. Did something wrong. Always told that they don't measure up. Religion will do that. Put you, you haven't done this, haven't done this, haven't done this. Well, faith in God through Jesus is he bore the punishment for our sin. We're righteous in him. And now we're accepted because of him. And so we live In that knowledge that we're accepted, we want to be pleasing. But the way we're accepted is not because we did everything right. It's because of his blood, like we spent some time on. And now I want to please him. I want to do right. And if I do wrong, I bring it to him and say, that was wrong. Forgive me. Well, he's already forgiven you. The Bible says if you confess your sin, we'll read it, I believe. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse your sin. Doesn't even say you have to ask forgiveness. I believe it's polite. Just go up and say, you know, expect it. Well, it says he forgives you. But you're righteous. You're accepted in Christ. But religion will beat you up and tell you you haven't done it. Well, what does that do to your confidence? What does that do to your ability to walk with God? It makes you, you're not, you're not. Um, Confident that God's got your back, you're always thinking, "What did I do wrong?" And essentially, the, the uh, insinuation is, "What did I do wrong so that I can't receive from God? What did I do to disqualify myself? What did I do that I'm missing it here or missing it there, so you know my faith won't work, or I, I won't get a promotion, or I won't have favor?" Uh, you see, if you, if we yield to that, we'll constantly, constantly be yielding to the enemy's thoughts that are trying to disqualify us. The, 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 the voice of God is not condemning. God doesn't condemn us. The Bible says your own heart will condemn you. It's another thing. We'll get to that. But God does not condemn you. The only thing he's going to con, con, that anybody is going to be condemned is if they reject Jesus. It That's it. But if they're going to be condemned to hell. That's why it says here, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There is none. But the voice of God is not, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. You missed it, you missed it, you missed it. That's not God. God, if He helps you and shows you what you need to change, it's not going to be beating you up. It's going to be, hey, change this and tweak this, and it's encouraging because He's got good for us. So antonyms for condemnation, that means means the opposite. So if we're not looking at condemnation, what, what are we talking about? What, what are the types of things that we should be thinking? Acclamation, honor, tribute, praise, approval, blessing, sanction. You know, when something's sanctioned by a certain sports organization, well, this is sanctioned, you know, stamp of approval. That's a lot different then condemning you see disqualified and not fit for use and these are words that are lifting up we need mind renewal because religion will tell you oh no that's that's pride you know what pride is is pride is not believing what god says about you So if God says something about you, but you just say, well, no, God says you are accepted in the beloved and you're a good person, but you say, I'm better than everybody else. Well, that's pride. You, you're not agreeing with God. You're saying I'm something different. But if, if God says you're accepted, you say, well, no, I'm just not worthy. That's pride. You're not agreeing with him. You're saying you're lower. So you can go both ways. A lot of people would say, you thinking you're better than everybody else, that's pride. But you thinking you're lowing that lower, that's just being humble. That's not true. That's being ignorant and actually proud. It's religious, you say, I'm not proud, I don't think very highly of myself. No, we need to agree with, I'm not saying it's intentional, but it's actually pride. Anytime, if God tells you, you're okay, and you say, no, I'm not. What is that? We're disagreeing with him. But see, religion will tell you, no, no, you're right, you're humble, you're a worm, you're nothing. You need to do more well of course you can always do more is that how you motivate a child to get, to go further is constantly tell them well you know what you should do it like the fifth grader in the kids three they just look at you like I don't even know what you're talking about I, I can't even comprehend is that go to your room till you get the multiplication tables down and they I can't even write their name you say no that's stupid Do you know that's what people do to themselves all the time instead of looking at the positive and agreeing with God? They're constantly looking at the negative. Why? Because religion has beat people up. Beat people up. If you didn't do something wrong, you know, talking to, I think it was talking to you one time. We were talking about they had to confess certain things, and they'd have to talk about what they needed to confess beforehand. Sometime like, well, what are we going to say? What are we going to come up with something? So if you didn't do actually something wrong, come up with something that you did wrong. So you have something to say. What, what, are, we, what are we doing? We're tr- we don't need any help trying to come up with something. We, have, we know. We know what we have done wrong, because Satan will come and jump on your shoulder and say, you missed it here, here, here. If we yield to that all the time, we will always... Be walking less than what God's opinion is for us. So these are other antonyms for condemnation, commendation, endorsement, citation. Do you see? You say, could God endorse you? If you're doing what God, He does, He said it all the time. You look at different things in the word call somebody faithful david was called a man after God, god's own heart he didn't do everything right in fact he did some really bad stuff but it's not godly to constantly tear down and if we have this tear down mentality we'll tear down other people that's not god's heart God didn't come into the world to condemn, he came in the world to save and to lift up and to build up. John 8:31 You guys all right? John 8:31 said then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house of forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus said he would make us free. The truth would make us free. If the son sets us free, makes you free, you're free indeed. Well, he has made us free. He has. The Bible said in Ephesians, he... That we have, we are accepted in the beloved. That He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That He has made us free. But what is it if we can't see? We're trying to. We constantly put ourselves back under. Well, I'm free. We don't say I'm free. It, we say, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not. There, I, I don't. I, I don't have it yet. If I get there, see, we have this mirage out in front. That if we get there, then we'll be free. Here's the thing. We're free now. How do we walk in the freedom? Agree with God now. You say, but I'm not there yet. See, there's something religion. I bet you, uh, if, I, if we were to see what the thoughts were of a lot of people here and outline, when, when we say, no, we're free now, it's like, but I, I got to get this. But, and there's probably things in front of you. I, I have to get this and this. And then, do you realize that's a lie that will take, you, take us our whole lives just inching us on that we can't say we're free now, that we're accepted now, that we're endorsed now, that God is pleased with us now because we think there's something we need to tweak. Now, have we said we've arrived? No, but we're going to be going in a state of change our whole lives. And I have a news for you. When you get done on the earth, you're still not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. So when do we Enjoy our freedom and enjoy the fact that God made us free through Jesus and enjoy the fact that we're accepted even though we haven't quote unquote arrived. When do you start that? How do you start it? We do it by faith. Now, today, right now in the middle of the service, you can make a change and say, you know what, I, I have, I've given into so much of this, like I'm off to the side. That's done. I I know I'm not doing everything right, but right now I'm going to enjoy who I am in God. I'm not saying I'm all that. I'm saying I accept what he did for me. My heart is to do right. If there's something I need to take care of, I need to apologize to somebody, I need to take care of something with God, I'm changing that. But I am going to walk tall and enjoy my salvation now. Not off in the future sometime. That will never come. Now. Now. Now I'm free. Everybody say now I'm free. Religion will try to beat that right right out of you immediately. A thought can come and say, "Ah, oh, well now, nah, you know," and then get you right back to the same place. How do we combat those thoughts with the word? We have to say, "No. God has accepted me. God has made me righteous. God has made me free." And I choose to accept it now. It's not for somebody else, it's for me. It's by faith. I accept it and I believe what God has done through Jesus. Colossians 2 verse 6 says, Therefore, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You go back to verse 6. It says, as as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. When when we came to Jesus, we said, I I don't have anything to offer. I can't get to God on my own work, on what I've done. Lord, I thank you, and I call out to you. I say, Lord, I believe you've, you've risen from the dead. I believe you are God, Lord. I receive you, and we're saved. See, we came saying, it's nothing I'm doing. It's you. And the Bible says here, as you've received him, walk in him. In other words, we got to stay there and realize it's what he has done and our belief in that and our faith in that that we are going to walk strong in God. In other words, it's not different. I got saved this way, but now you know I'm on my own. It's now everything that I do. No, we need to cooperate with God. We need to believe him but you don't start making it all about what you do. And we talked about that last week. Stay strong in what he has done. Let's look at 1 John 1, 7. The truth of the word and us agreeing with that truth is what's going to help us and allow us to walk in freedom from condemnation, freedom from guilt and shame and feel, feeling beat up. The word itself is true, but we have to receive the word and act on it for us to actually experience freedom. It's the same thing, what what we just read about, as you've received Jesus, so walk in him, or Christ, so walk in him. God has already paid the price for the entire world to be in the family of God. But no one will experience that unless they take it and say, I believe on Jesus. That's how you get in the family of God. But the same thing is true with walking in the freedom that Jesus has purchased. He has purchased actually experientially, not just church doctrine, you know, pie in the sky. Oh, yeah, we're free. But, you know, we know in reality I I walk down at this level all the time. He has purchased that we can experientially walk in freedom and truth, freedom from condemnation, confidence in him. He's purchased that for every person, not only to be in the family, but to walk in that, but how do we walk in it? We have to believe it and accept it for us now and say that's me now. It's the same way in every area, healing, same way. It can't be off there, we have to say it's true now. Well, what if I don't see it? I believe it and I'm gonna say it. Well, what if I don't feel like I'm, you know, Accepted? What if I don't feel like I'm uh, in God's family and, and part of it and doing well and um, I feel condemnation? I sense that condemnation. What if I feel that? What do I do? I still say what God has said and declare that I'm free and declare that he's accepted me and say there is no condemnation. I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to walk free. I'm going to walk tall. I'm going to enjoy my life. Now, Satan will fight you on this as hard as anything else, because if he, if you get through to where you are experiencing the love and the acceptance of God, your faith is going to abound. Faith works by love, the Bible says. It's not just love to other people, by you knowing God loves you and you say, wait a minute, God, Jesus provided this for me, I am qualified now, and you stand up taller, you walk stronger, And Satan is going to try to beat that out of you in thoughts if he can. And so we need to stand up and say, no, God has made me free through Jesus. I accept it now. I say it's true and declare it and walk it, say, I'm going to walk in it regardless of what I feel. See, so many times we get talked out because of our feelings. Well, I just don't feel though. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like God's near me. It has nothing to do with it. I was just listening to Brother Hagan. We were watching Brother Hagan the other night, and he said it again. I have said it I've heard him say it, I don't know how many times, but he said it, he was saying, I, "If I were walking up to the pulpit, if I were going by feelings, he goes, "There's so many times I would have you pray for me, because I don't feel like I'm ready to preach." He goes, "But I don't go by what I feel." He goes, "I get up and I go by the word, and the anointing's there, and I preach." And we can't go by what we feel. I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel like God has accepted me. We need to go by what the word says and say, by Jesus, by faith in him, I'm accepted. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those that walk according Or don't walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. I trust you. I'm going to go on with you now. I'm not going to look at my failures constantly. If I fail, I'll get up, I'll believe God, I'll go on, and I am going to walk strong with Him today. Not next month. Not three years from now. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, he's talking to Christians. And he says, as we, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, walking in the light that you have, what other light do you have? You, ha- you can only walk in the light that you see, what you know. And it says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. In other words, you're being cleansed. You are made righteous in Him, and if you're walking in the light that you have, you don't have to worry about anything else. You just got to walk in what you know. And you may realize at some point, oh man, I was doing that. You could feel like, oh, I'm, I'm really doing a good job. And five years later, you realize, wow, I was messing up here and here. But God was faith. I didn't see it. Your heart was right before God. You didn't see it. And it says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. I remember Brother Hagin telling, telling an account of he was doing, he had pastored. And he thought he was doing a wonderful job at certain things. And then he realized later, he goes, oh my gosh, I was so ignorant. God, forgive me. Well, that whole time, he was still walking with God. He was still fellowshipping with God. He was doing what he knew to do. What can you do besides what you know to do? If you're faithful to do what you know to do, you'll get more light. You'll get more revelation. You'll come up. And like we said, in five years, you will be further than you are now. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy now. And we can't prosper now. And we can't fellowship with God now. Let's go to Hebrews 9. We may come back to 1 John 1, verse 8. But let's go to Hebrews 9. It says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most high place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Verse 14, how much more, See, he's talking about blood of, of bulls and goats in the old covenant. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? God, through Jesus, if we'll accept what He did and walk in what He did, accept that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin, it says here, His blood will cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How we operate in this earth, if we we can operate free from condemnation, free from our conscience, your conscience the true conscience is the voice of your spirit but we can get it in our head that we're always doing something wrong and to be but the blood of Jesus will cleanse us such that we can walk free and not feel that sense of stain you know we we sang about it in praise and worship no stain no sin no stain It doesn't have to be something big. Satan, like somebody said in the natural, like with healing, Satan will kill you with a hangnail if he can. Well, you know, he'll try to derail your walk with God with some tiny little thing that you heart, you didn't even, you, it wasn't even sin. You just didn't do what you think you should do. You weren't at the level you thought you should do, but you feel condemned and beat up because you're not doing it like you believe you should and your heart's right and you didn't do anything actually wrong. You couldn't find a scripture that you violated. You just didn't do it the way you thought you should do it. So you feel beat up. That's a tool of the devil and that will cripple and if Satan can get you derailed with a little thing like that, he will. But the blood of Jesus can cleanse our conscience. If we realize what that blood did, what it is, that who we are in Christ, who we are to God through what Jesus did, then we can stand up and say, look, I, may have, I didn't do everything right here, but my heart was right, and I'm getting better, and I am going to enjoy my fellowship with God, and it's okay to go through a day, if I haven't missed it, not feeling beat up. There doesn't have to be something that we're messing up on all the time. If you miss it, if you truly did something, your conscience will tug on you, the voice of your spirit, and you just go to God and say, Lord, that was wrong. I didn't want to do that. I'm sorry. I separate myself from that. The Bible says cleanse, cleanse your conscience. You, there's, you, you haven't, you're, you're righteous. It's as if you never did anything wrong. You just separate yourself from that. Let's, let's read 1 John 1, 8. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if you're sinning and you say, I haven't sinned, well, you're deceiving yourself. See, that's where a problem comes in. And that's where there's teaching. that will say, well, it doesn't matter what you do. you know, Jesus, it it just, you'll still get in the same place. The problem with that is the wages of sin is death. And if you do something and your conscience is bothering you and you say, oh no, it's fine. It's right. God accepts me. You're putting that conscience down. You're, you're, you're pushing on, not talking about condemnation. We're talking about that tugging that you did something wrong. If you, we push it down and don't call it what it is, then we are setting ourselves up. It says we, we deceive ourselves. Now we'll start saying that's okay. The problem is, if we do something that's not right, but we continue to do it, the wages of sin is death and we're going to get ourselves in a problem. It will actually harden you. So if we miss it, we just say, Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry. And we come to him and admit that. It says in verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We come to him and say, Lord, that was wrong. I missed it. And we agree with what he said here. He said, if, if we confess our sins, that means to acknowledge, to say that was wrong. It says he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That means just as if we never did anything wrong. And uh, and so we push back any condemnation and say, oh, but you did do this. That's wrong. You should feel really bad. Well, I'm not happy about it, but I've brought it to God. He's forgiven me. He's cleansed me. And if he's cleansed me, then Satan, you have no part in this matter. Shut up. I'm going on with him. See, the battle there is he'll try to make you feel guilty. He'll try to condemn you. He'll try to beat you up. And this... We have to learn to walk in faith in this area as much as any area that we have to come right back and say, nope, I brought it before God and he's already taken care of it. So I am not going to rehash it and we need to push it out of the way and Satan can be persistent, come back and say, oh no, you did this. You should feel bad. And we have to stand in faith and say, no, I'm right with God. Shut up, leave, and I'm going to enjoy my salvation. I will not yield to condemnation. I will not yield to senseless guilt and feeling beat up and feeling disparaged because it will cripple our walk as Christians. We won't have faith toward God because we, not because God changed, but because we feel disqualified. But we are free from condemnation through Jesus. If we'll take Him at His word, take God at His word, walk in what He said, and agree with Him, stay fast in that. Today we can walk free. Today we can walk free. Today we can enjoy. Don't have to wait. To the future, right now. Enjoy what He's done. Enjoy all He's done for us. Amen.